for the first down, and still on his feet, RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. My name is Jaden Kozak. Today I have, for the first time together in a podcast, Mr. Tyler North and Mr. Mitch McDonald. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Can't complain. Um, yeah, it's the first time the, the three of us are together. Sorry, Kane. Not, we did, you, didn't, you didn't get the invite this week, so uh, the three boys are going to be running the show. Uh, but uh, no, um, I know it's a a crazy week if you're if you're playing fantasy football um so i'm, I'm excited to dive into it and uh, we did see a you know somewhat exciting thursday night game i guess as exciting as it could have been but um other than that no doing great weather's starting to get a little cooler so uh, football weather's in full force right now yeah kane would really love that weather piece mitchell how are you doing I'm doing good. The weather's been great, just like Tyler said, so I can't complain at this point. The weather has indeed been great. It. I was outside today, and I was like, I feel totally comfortable in shorts and a t-shirt, and it is almost to the end of October. Like, what is happening? Anyway, Broncos-Browns, this was a game that three weeks ago we would have been very excited to watch a 3-0 Broncos team and a Browns team that looked like they could be competing for a Super Bowl. Not so much today. Broncos are now 3-3. Three and three. Browns are completely depleted. Baker Mayfield out, Kareem Hunt out, Nick Chubb out. Browns come out on top, though, 17-14. to 14. Kind of a close game. It was somewhat entertaining for the value of players that were playing. We had Teddy Bridgewater versus Case Keenum with Dearness Johnson leading all players as far as like good statistical performances go. <laughs> Dearness Johnson though, 22 carries, 146 yards and a touchdown. Javante Williams finally sees the end zone. Tyler has been pumping his fist all night for Javante Williams. He gets six catches for 32 yards in that receiving touchdown. Case Keenum has 199 yards. And a touchdown, no picks. Teddy Bridgewater, 187, two touchdowns, and a pick. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, this game, wow, it definitely uh, brought back some memories for me because you had Teddy Bridgewater versus Case Keenum, two former Vikings quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater had the gruesome knee injury against – or not against anybody. It was in preseason before it really kick-started the campaign. Vikings went out, got Sam Bradford. That season ended. They brought in Case Keenum, so they had – Keenum, Bridgewater, and Bradford all at the same time all ended up being free agents at the end of the year. Um, but it was very cool to not only see that, but you also had Stefanski, who was with Case Keenum in Minnesota. And then you also had Pat Shermer, who was Case Keenum's offensive coordinator in Minnesota in 2017 when they made their NFC championship run. Um, so that was, you know, just a really sentimental moment for me to watch that um, because I thought that that was just really cool to see both these guys have you know, at least found a spot in the NFL, um, you know, after they left the Vikings. But, yeah, it was just a, an overall just a bleh game. I think that's the best way I can describe it. 17-14, you know, there weren't a lot of points scored. I will say both these teams did what I thought they would do, and that was sustained drives 
running the ball or at least moving the clock. I think in the third quarter, each team only possessed the ball once, um, which was really crazy. If you think about it in today's NFL, where there's a lot more high powered offenses and this was not that. So defensive battle, um, somewhat of a fun game down the stretch. Yes. I was ecstatic that Javante Williams finally got in the end zone. Maybe that'll give him more carries down the stretch, um, you know, for the Broncos, but you know, the Broncos have lost four straight after starting three now and they, they got big problems, but, um, but yeah, Mitch, I don't, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that. This Broncos team is not what people were hyping them up to be those first three weeks. They played teams that had a combined zero wins. And at a certain point, you got to wonder what's wrong with this team. And on paper, they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yet they lack each week. And you got to wonder if it's truly just the quarterback or if there's something deeper down the lines. I get they haven't had Bradley Chubb and Von Miller together at the same time, but there's got to be something more fundamentally wrong with this team than what we're actually seeing on paper. Let me ask you guys this question real quick. At what point, or I guess I can say, who do you think is going to be the the next fired coach in the NFL? Because I really truly really think Vic Fangio is right up there. Unfortunately, yes, the injuries have, you know, hurt the Broncos to, to put it lightly but I mean Vic Fangio has done nothing since he's been there and I don't know it's the old school defensive minded coach that I just don't see really flourishing in the NFL so let me ask you you guys you know what other coaches out there do you see that that could be fired here you know in the next couple of weeks or maybe not the next couple maybe it'll take to the end of the season but um, I, I don't think Vic Fangio is going to stick around for long but yeah I didn't know what you guys might have yeah I think Fangio's definitely on the hot seat if they continue to drop games uh, the obvious Urban Meyer, which is going to be a thing every week, even though he gets his first win this past week. And as good of a coach as he is, Dolphins are sitting at one and five. They're they're spiraling right now. Brian Flores is a great coach, but I could definitely see him getting on the hot seat here soon. I'd have to say Matt Nagy. He can't get any of his quarterbacks going. Granted, this team finishes just above 500 every year he's there, but they – just cannot figure it out. It looks so horrific on offense every year, and the defense carries them to 500 or just slightly better. And it's just not what you expect out of a team in the NFL. Yeah. Well, close out that Thursday night game against 17-14 Browns. Browns got the Steelers next week, and the Broncos play Washington. Moving into some trade rumors from this week, huge ish news we've we've kind of seen this rumor pop up a few times this season Deshaun Watson to Miami could go down this week according to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle there have been rumors swirling uh Tua ends up in Washington Tua ends up in Denver but Houston does not want to uh, I think I guess they like what they've seen out of Davis Mills enough to not want Tua back trade deadline is November 2nd Tyler I'll start with you what do you think this means for Miami yeah, I mean, you know, them trading with the Eagles and not having this year's first-round pick is really hurting the Dolphins. Um, and, you know, Houston not really having picks after, coincidentally enough, they traded all their picks for Larry Tunzo, and I believe it was Kenny Stills at the time. So Houston doesn't have a lot of picks either. So both of these teams are with huge question marks at quarterback. Is two of the real deal? 
I don't, I don't think so. I really don't like, I mean, I know he was a little hurt last week, um, but you know, you lost to Jacksonville, a lot of questionable decisions on his part. Yeah. There were some questionable decisions by Brian Flores as well and the coaching staff, but I haven't seen anything from Tua that labels him as a quote unquote franchise quarterback. And I know Kane has been chatting, you know, I'd love to have Tua because um, you know, what we've gotten in Washington hasn't worked out why not take a stab at him why not give him a change of location change of scenery maybe that'll help him out but I don't I don't really see it I I said that I think that they might trade to a two Washington for or Denver for picks use those picks to then trade those picks to Houston to get Watson but it's a huge question mark you know I, I know I think he's been cleared or he chatted with the FBI um, but I don't think he's been cleared yet by the um, by the NFL or hasn't met with the NFL yet. So I don't I, I I mean, you're taking a huge risk, in my opinion, by going after Deshaun Watson. And if you if that doesn't work out and he is suspended, I mean, you're setting your team back five years. Yeah. And I think the record of the Dolphins last year really hides. They're not a good team like this team has not a great front seven, terrible offensive line, zero running game. Tua is not the answer. The receivers have looked okay. I talked about it a little bit in the TikTok that we posted. But if they add Deshaun Watson and legally, you know, get rid of all that stuff and he plays for the rest of the year, I don't even think they make the playoffs. Like, this is – this is especially with them starting one and five. No. So – I mean, Mitch, I you can add in, but I don't. I don't think that they make the. I don't think they've got a screaming shot at making the playoffs, even if they get Watson and go on a miraculous run. Oh God, no! This team is nowhere near ready right now. I, I feel like Tua is in the only situation where he's set to thrive. He has an Alabama receiver in Jalen Waddle. He has a shifty tight end in Mike Gesicki, and. There's not really much to go off of. He's not a quarterback that's going to win you games. He's going to make the safe play at this point. He was an amazing quarterback in college, but he was on the most stacked team in the college industry. There's no way he can make it in the NFL. And I I get Kane really wants to switch it up at quarterback. He's all about trying to make Washington relevant, but they've tried this several times. It never works out with these young quarterbacks for them. And Tua just says so many question marks behind him. It's not worth giving up first-round picks for a guy like Tua. Yeah, I totally agree. I've never been a Tua guy myself. I can't – Kane was saying a second-round pick, you know, that's a go for sure. I don't even know, weirdly enough, like obviously I wouldn't even trade a second-round pick for him, but I don't even know if a second-round pick gets it done. Like he's hasn't played a whole lot, but – the most recent memory they have of him, he threw 47 times and didn't even play that poor or yeah, he didn't even play that poorly. Granted it's against a awful Jacksonville defense, but I don't know. This is, this is a weird situation and the whole Watson not being cleared to play yet is just makes it even more of a mess. Yeah. He's got, you know, you, you mentioned him playing Jacksonville last week. Well, he's got the dolphins. I mean the Falcons this week. So those are two, very porous pass defense. And if he can't do it against these two defenses, who can he do it against? I mean, I, I'm not trying to shut down those fan bases too hard, but really and truly, I think those fan bases can agree that their pass defense is, is bottom tier to put it nicely. Um, so I don't, I, you know, if you can't do it against these guys, how can you do it against, how can you expect to do it against 
top tier defenses, even middle of the line defenses, and then propel your team to wins and then propel your team to the playoffs. Like I just, I don't see it. And that's been the question for Washington for the past two years, once they realized they had an elite defense or were supposed to have an elite defense was the quarterback. What, what do you do at quarterback? And I just, I don't know if two is the answer. I know if Kane were here, he'd probably be saying that, yes, he is the answer because he is just any kind of upside that they don't have right now. But I will say this, if, if he does go to Washington, it would be kind of cool to see him and his brother in the DMV to have Tulia yeah. at, at Maryland and, and Tua in Washington right down the road. So that, that me personally, I, I think that that would be kind of cool. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you guys both said. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so next up we have Tyler's North-South segment. Who you got going up? Who you got going down? Yeah, um, so – it's fluctuated a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Um, the one team that I've got that's moving up and I haven't put them in this category yet is the Ravens. They've won five straight. Now they're absolutely on fire. Um, no offense, Mitchell. I know that they put a, a beat down on the chargers last week, but I mean, they, they are clicking. Um, and, you know, I thought that when they lost Peters, when they lost uh, obviously Dobbins and Hill and Amen. Gus Edwards um, and LJ Fort, uh, and they had defensive line complications as well, lost Ronnie Stanley. I thought all of these things coupled together was not going to be a winning season for the Ravens. And here we are. Um, they've got the best record in the AFC. So I look at them as a team to really be reckoned with. And um, yeah, I, I think their, their schedule after the Bengals is actually pretty favorable as well. So we could be, if they get past the Bengals, we could be looking at uh, an eight and one, nine and one Ravens team going into, uh, into probably the middle of November, early December. Um, the other team that I've got on the rise is their opponent this week, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals have, I know they lost to the Packers, um, but this is a team that is moving in the right direction. The Bengals actually, funny enough, have as many wins this year as they did last year. Um, so they are absolutely in the right direction. Zach Taylor has done a tremendous job with them, 2-14, and 4-11-1, and one, and now they're at 4-2. and two. So great job by Zach Taylor. Great job by the front office and their drafting as well. Um, and Joe Burrow looks to be legit. I mean, if you had to, you know, talk about the quarterbacks from that class, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Two of them look pretty good right now. I don't know about that third. <laughs> we're, we're talking about him. But, um, yeah, I've got Cincy and the Ravens on the going north, you know, going in the up, upwards direction. And then going south, I've got the Seahawks. Um, you know, a little bit of that has to do with Russell Wilson. But uh, this is a team that's got a lot of question marks on the defensive side of things. I know that they played the Steelers really closely, and that was a, a hard-fought loss for the Seahawks. They came back in that game, really showed a lot of heart. Um, but I think that they've got too many question marks on the defensive side of the ball, and for the next five, six, seven weeks, we're going to be looking at Geno Smith and how much confidence do you have in him if you're a Seahawks fan, especially not only in that loaded NFC West, but in the loaded NFC as a whole. Um, a lot of question marks right there for the, for the Seahawks. And then the other team, hate to do it to you, Kane, but Washington. Um, Washington is, is really the only win in the past four weeks was against the Falcons. They let up uh, 43, I think, to the Bills, and then they've let up 30. Uh, 33 to the Saints, and then 31 this past week to the Chiefs. So the defense has just been getting shredded uh, for multiple weeks, and it doesn't get any easier this week playing the Packers. Um, so Washington, I think, is heading in the wrong direction right now as well. So Seahawks and Washington going south, heading downwards. Ravens and Bengals heading north, heading upwards. Yeah, good stuff. And like you said, just to add to the Ravens' long, long injury report, Ronnie Stanley is done for the season. He got hurt last year two days after signing 
the contract to, if I'm not mistaken, be the highest paid tackle in the NFL. And he didn't play another game for the rest of the season. Has only played one game this year and is already done. It's so it's, unfortunate too, because like he's arguably one of, if not the best left tackle in football. Yeah. And for him to sign that contract and then, like you said, a couple of days later get hurt like he did. And it's just been a multitude of injuries since then. Um, and it's it's just rough to see because if if he was healthy, I can only imagine how good this running offense would be for the Ravens. I mean, if they were fully healthy, I mean, I don't think they would lose to the Raiders and we could be looking at the undefeated Ravens right now. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to our the rest of our games from week seven, and we're going to talk about a team that was a top team in the AFC, was supposed to be a top team in the AFC, and has not been a top team in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs will be facing against off against the Tennessee Titans this week in Tennessee. Some things to watch. Tyree Kill on their injury report. Mitchell, what do you got? He played last week on the Cindy's at quad injury. The fact that it's not cleared up at this point and he has not practiced to this point in the week makes you kind of worry that it's actually a quad strain, which could be a few more weeks on top of what you would expect from a quad bruise. And you you just have to kind of worry and check his status. If it's a quad strain, keep it on alert because these injuries are horrible for speedy players like Tyree Kill. Anything in the lower extremity is bad for speedy receivers. Then you have Chris Jones. He's missed the last two weeks with a wrist injury. He's back in practice. He's limited. But it's just enough to get him back in the game. A wrist injury isn't exactly critical for a defensive lineman, especially when they're already practicing on it. And then Julio Jones, his hamstring injury, it's Julio Jones. He's been limited in practice, but this is a guy who tends to linger with every injury he's ever had. I would keep a keen eye on Julio Jones. Don't be shocked if he has very little production in the game. And if he does break out, expect him to get hurt at the end of the game because this is just Julio Jones. Hey, Mitch, is um is A.J. Brown healthy? I know he had the food poisoning on Monday Night Football. Um, and is he – fully back this week or is he still a question mark from what i've seen he's been practicing i i wouldn't be that concerned about the food poisoning or anything like that his hamstring industry has been a thing of the past at this point he's not necessarily someone like julio where it nags with him he's been well he showed up on monday night i wouldn't worry about him whatsoever he's set for hopefully a consistent season after what has been a dud for the first five weeks before this one. Yeah, he he has been severely struggling. I Kane had him and believed in him, and he's been not very good. But Tyreek Hill, if he doesn't play or is limited, that is a huge blow, obviously, for Kansas City because they're playing one of the worst secondaries in the league who just lost Caleb Farley to a torn ACL. So it's going to really – hurt their ability to take the top off that Tennessee defense because they're going to have to score a lot of points because on the other side is King Henry, who is absolutely ridiculous. 162 carries, which is first in the NFL, 783 yards, first in the NFL, 10 touchdowns, first in the NFL. This is kind of weird because this has been a quarterback-led award for a while. Does Derrick Henry belong in the MVP conversation? Tyler, I'll start with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This guy's on pace for probably like 21 
2,300 yards right now. Um, I know that there's that extra game. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's at 783 yards and we're only six games in the dude still got 11 more games in the season. He's already almost at 800 yards. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. If you put it into perspective, um, I did not have him in my top five because of kind of what you said, you know, with this being such a quarterback driven award and such a quarterback driven league. Um, but I have him right there at, at number six behind, uh, behind the five quarterbacks that I had this past week. Um, I think it was Kyler Lamar. Um, I think Herbert was in there, Dak was in there, and uh, Tom Brady was in there. So he just missed the list. Um, but if he has another week like he did, like he's been doing, I, I, you can't hold him out of this conversation for much longer. Mitch, do you have him in your MVP conversation? I have him at about number four. He is currently on pace to tie LT's rushing touchdowns record in a season. Granted, he has an entire extra game, but a guy like him is a generational talent. He, If he just shows out just enough and some of the quarterbacks level off just enough, he'll end up winning the award, but it's extremely doubtful. I, this is a hard award to win for running backs just in the modern era. Yeah, I um one stat speaking of LT that I one stat I came across was that Derrick Henry has three rushing touchdowns in back to back games and he's the first player since Ladanian Tomlinson in two thousand six to do that while also rushing for a hundred yards in both of those games. So that puts that, that shows you what category uh this guy has put himself in and he continues to do it week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think he – I mean, obviously, he's probably not going to win MVP just because, like we said, it's such a quarterback-driven league. And the quarterbacks have been balling out so far this year. Even the best of the best quarterbacks can't say I've safely got the MVP. However, I do think that if he continues on the pace he's going on, I think Derrick Henry runs away with Offensive Player of the Year. And if, he is surely building a Hall of Fame career. If he continues the, the tear that he's on and those quarterbacks each have their one bad game, it opens the door, like you said. If, if these quarterbacks start to slip, the, the door is open for him to, to get up into that number one, number two, number three ranking in the, in the uh, MVP. Especially if the Titans continue to win games. They're four and two after being really shaky to start. And Tannehill has not been playing as well as many people expected him to. Their wide receivers have been banged up. Their defense is awful. So he is really the most valuable. He might be one of the most valuable players as far as non-quarterbacks go, if not the most in the entire NFL, just because of how he keeps that team afloat. Yeah, to put it kind of into full perspective with the AFC, if the Ravens lose to the Bengals and the Titans beat the Chiefs, the Titans are tied for the best record in the AFC, just like that after they lost to the Jets a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Crazy. Like, and just like you said, they lost to the Jets three weeks ago, and we were like, okay, if if they weren't in – arguably the worst division in football, this is a, you know, they could lose this division to the Colts, the Jags, and the Texans are god-awful. <laughs> the other thing, <laughs> but, but, like, on the other side of the field, like, with the Chiefs, this is a huge game for them because the Chiefs, if they lose this game, they're 1-4 against the AFC this year with their lone win being against the Browns. They've already lost to the Ravens, Chargers, and Bills. So if they're 1-4, and four, if it comes down to tiebreaker scenarios – Chiefs are in big trouble, and they would be below 500 at three and four, which is crazy to even think about. Which and and actually, the Chiefs don't play next week until Monday Night Football. So if the Chiefs lose this game, they're three and four, which means they would end October with their record under 500. 
Yeah, I, I'd imagine that would be the first time that they've had that happen in a long time because I remember when they were one and two, that was the first time they'd had a losing record since like 2015 or something yeah, I mean, crazy it, like that. It, it would be pre-Alex Smith days if, yeah. if they were to, to be under 500. Yeah. At I think my would have been in high school. Yeah. He might have been in middle school. Who knows? But, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that if they don't win this. I mean, it's a huge game for both teams. Um, I think it's probably more crucial for – the Chiefs and it is Titans just from that perspective and like you said look at the division the Titans plan they look at the division the Chiefs plan they the Chiefs have got to keep pace right now with uh with the Chargers they might have to keep pace with the Broncos they're three and four they could be looking at the same record as the Broncos I also think this is a huge prove a game for the Chiefs defense they have been awful all year fourth most yards per carry allowed to running backs 102 yards per game allowed to running backs. I'd imagine that Derrick Henry takes that and crushes it, maybe doubles it. And they've allowed the fifth most points per game at 29.3. And speaking of the Chiefs defense, this, this, was, this was a Kane question. Kane put this into the notes. Totally biased question. Is the Chiefs defense getting better or was it just the Washington football team? They allowed 276 yards and only 13 points. First time they've allowed less than 30 points all year. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mitchell, <laughs> I'm going to take it to you. Is the Chiefs defense getting better, or was it just the Washington football team? It's just the Washington football team. Kane, I'm sorry that you even bothered to put this in the notes so we can bully you, but they are not good. It, it gives me no hope whatsoever. You bear well, – Terry McLaurin is great and all, but Taylor Heineke, at quarterback – you expected them to put up – I expected them to put up over 20, and they didn't even manage that. It's just a ma- – it's still massive letdown. They may have figured something out where teams won't score 30 every game, but I don't give this as a boat of confidence to the Chiefs defense whatsoever. Yeah, they yeah. figured out – Ahead, I think I, I think that I, I think that they're they are very limited um, because of Heineke at quarterback. Um, I think that um, they did have a couple fumbles in that game as well. Um, but I also think that the, um, the the Chiefs defense, yeah, they, they they played better. They they didn't play great, but they they definitely played better. And in the second half in particular, uh, Washington didn't score any points in the second half. They were up thirteen to ten at halftime in that game, and and it ended thirty one to to thirteen. So uh, I, I think that they did show up. They did enough. Uh, especially in the second half, um, you know, get their team to victory. So this will be a good test, you know. Um, like you said, Chris Jones hopefully back this week for them. Hopefully that will sure up the run defense. I mean, I don't know how much you can sure it up against <laughs> against King Henry. But, um, yeah, it'll, it, it'll be a good test, you know, because the wide receivers are very talented between A.J. Brown and Julio. Um, so it's I, – I, I don't anticipate this being a um, – 17 to 14 type game we just saw on Thursday night. I expect this to be more of a 42 to 38 type of game. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout um, in the music city. Yeah. And speaking of AJ Brown, somebody that we've talked about a little bit, got off to a bit of a slow start. Tyler, do you think he's going to have a huge game against Kansas? Am I the only one? No, I think, I think he's going to have a pretty solid game. I think you can be looking at somewhere in the, 
because it's going to be a shootout I, and they're not going to be able to hand the ball off to Henry, you know, every single play. Um, I think you're going to be looking at probably seven, eight catches for AJ Brown, 80, 85 yards and a touchdown. I think you're going to be looking at a very, very nice, especially in this week where there's a ton of buys. Um, I think you're going to be looking at a very nice fantasy day uh, ahead for AJ Brown. All right. So with that, let's hop into the spread and the money line for the game. Got KC minus five and a half. Money line is KC minus 230, Tennessee plus 190. I'll start with my pick. And quite honestly, there's a lot of bad matchups in this game for Kansas City. So I think I might take Tennessee on the money line and the spread at home. Give me King Henry. Tyler, what's your pick? I got the Chiefs uh, money line and Chiefs spread. I think that this is a a prove-it game for the Chiefs. Um, I think that a lot of – a little bit of this line might be uh, – I think it could be a seven or an eight-point spread if Tennessee had lost – or if Josh Allen had really gotten one yard in that Monday night game. Um, so I think that this line is a little bit of an overreaction to what happened on Monday night. Um, I think Tennessee can hang around. I just don't think that they've got enough to hang with Kansas City. And I think Mahomes over Tannehill is just going to become a little bit more evident in this game um, as far as the, the the difference and the divide between the two quarterbacks. Uh, this is the first time these teams have played since they met in the AFC championship game back in the 2019, 2020 season. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. That was a really good game, uh, that AFC championship game, but uh, I've got Kansas city on the money line and uh, minus, give me the minus five and a half. I think they win this game by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Okay. Mitchell, what do you got? I'm going to take KC on both. Honestly, if the Titans aren't close in this game, they're going to get blown out. And I feel like it's only a matter of time before Henry reaches that wall and people just oversell on him. I I like A.J. Brown and all, but Julio is just so crippled at this point. You can't really respect him as the receiver he is. And that Titans defense suck especially without Caleb Farley they don't have any real resistance on the outside they have fired and that's it I just think it's going to catch up to him and Casey is going to manage to win this game by more than the touchdown probably wow man I I took the tight like I knew it was going to be an upset pick but I didn't think it was going to be you all just making me feel like an idiot no I mean it's NFL man but you don't know what's going to happen yeah we can these are just our predictions right Stick, yeah. stick to your guns, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw a little reasoning out there, though. Derrick Henry, they can control the time of possession, they can keep the KC offense off the field, and Tennessee just played a super high-powered offense in Buffalo with a much better defense and won. Just saying. Moving on to our next game, our second marquee game and our last marquee game, Bengals at Ravens. Got a couple injuries to go over. Nothing really significant uh Latavius Murray and Sammy Watkins Mitchell what do you got well Latavius Murray is dealing with an ankle issue I wouldn't be surprised if it was even a low-grade ankle sprain and they just keep him out he hadn't practiced so far this week and they are as weird as it sounds they're deep at running back even though they've lost three running backs this season ending injuries it's just this team you can plug and play anybody with Lamar don't be surprised if Latavius sits out a week while he's going into a bye week just for extra press. And Sammy Watkins, same issue. He's a guy who deals with so many injuries. He's dealing with a hamstring issue right now. 
He's a guy who has constantly lingering issues. You see him miss several games a year. I wouldn't expect Sammy Watkins to play at all in this game. Just expect him to take that extra week into the bye week for him to recover. Yeah, uh, that you were talking about how deep that Ravens running back room is, and it's gotten to the point where teams are thinking about inquiring about some of their running backs that they have, which is absolutely ridiculous after losing three running backs to start the season. So the question becomes, do the Bengals game plan against the run or the pass? The Bengals defense has allowed the eighth least rushing yards per game at 90 and a half, but the 13th least passing yards at 240 and a half. And the Ravens offense, we all know what they can do on the ground. Fourth most rushing yards, 155 yards per game. They did have their streak broken that tied the Steelers for most consecutive rushing yards in a game. Just had to throw in that that was set by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Tyler, what do you think the Bengals are going to do to try and stop this Ravens offense? Well, the Bengals this year have played the Vikings, pretty solid offense, um, and the Packers, pretty solid offense. Outside of that, they've played the Bears, the Steelers, no offense, Jaden, the Jags, and the Lions. Not the most high-powered offense, and this is going to be – uh, a team that I, I don't think that they really know what is coming for them in, in the sense with the Bengals. Um, this is kind of their Super Bowl, and they're going to be putting everything into this game. And I know that they are. They've allowed 25 points only once this year. The Ravens have eclipsed that mark four times this year. Um, so I anticipate, you know, the, the, I anticipating them trying to stop the run, but I, I don't know how much it's going to be, how much it's going to work just because the Ravens also get Bateman back. Um, and this will be a second game back healthy. And I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over that number one wide receiver duties from Hollywood Brown. I love Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be very, very good with this offense. And uh, if Sammy Watkins is out, it's not going to be that big of a deal in my opinion, because of Rashad Bateman. Uh, I think you're going to see a big game from him. Mitch, what do you think the Bengals are going to try and do to slow down this Ravens offense? I mean, what can you do? At this point, you have to hope that they're not going to run the ball and just play the receivers. Bateman, Lamar was definitely trying to force it to him last week. There were two picks on passes he attempted to him. You have to try to hone in on that. Uh, Just Bateman. Just hone in on Bateman. Hollywood during the daytime isn't quite as good, but that, that may just be an observation thing and me overthinking it, but... Overall, there's not much you can do to stop Lamar. If the coaching staff is aware of what you're trying to do on defense, either stopping the run or stopping the pass, they'll just adjust to it, and they'll overcome it every time. Yeah, he doesn't really play well unless he's under those Hollywood lights, right, guys? Uh, Holly. (laughs) Raven Raven Secondary (laughs) played really well last week against one of the best wide receiver pairs in the league so far this year, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Again, Mitchell, we're just going to try and, like, run through this real quick. They had seven catches for 77 yards between the two of them. Anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and they face another tough group of receivers this week, Jamar Chase, who, am I alone in this? He's definitely the offensive rookie of the year, right? Like, he's he's got it. Uh, uh, Najee Harris is up there. So far. Um, so probably put Trevor Lawrence in that category remains to be seen, but, but I mean, Hey, guy got his first win last week. It wasn't on American soil, but he still got his first win. Give him a break. 
<laughs> but no, I, I think I, I think I think Chase is, in my opinion, the front runner for uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, he, he's been playing great ever since the whole I can't see the NFL football situation. Uh, he's been lighting it up. Twenty-seven catches, five hundred fifty-three yards, five touchdowns. He's been playing great, and they've still got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd there. Can the Ravens secondary, without obviously without Marcus Peters and pretty much just Marlon Humphrey, can they? slow down this Bengals passing offense Tyler I think they can I think if they can get enough pressure um on Burrow I, I think that that's going to be able to to slow up um this passing attack I also think a, a hostile environment at M&T Bank is gonna definitely get in the head of Joe Burrow a little bit to to put it lightly um but I I just think the Ravens have too much on offense for the Bengals to keep up with them especially because I think the Ravens have enough on defense to stop the Bengals I mean, it sounds so simple. They're going to stop them more times than the Bengals stop the Ravens. That's literally just how I look at this game. Um, so I think on the defensive side, I think it is kind of a, a mismatch. I think the Ravens do still have enough on defense um, to stop the, the Bengals. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to see a, a very high-scoring game. Um, I think that they're going to hone in, like you said, on the run, and they're going to force Lamar to pass. And um, I think that the Ravens are going to get enough pressure to Burrow where he's going to be flustered a little bit in the pocket. Mitch, you know this. Uh, you know this Ravens defense pretty well. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I wouldn't be surprised if Cincy upsets them. This is a team that has a lot of receiving threats. Granted, we sent in Mike Williams probably in a game he shouldn't have played. Keenan Allen, great receiver, but you can predict what he's going to do. He's not going to have long routes in the whole game. I think that Cincy might upset them. They are they're getting just healthy enough at safety on the Ravens, but I think they might just underestimate how good this Bengals offense is. They have three pretty solid receivers. I would not be surprised at all if Cincy split the season series with them. It might not be this game just because they're in Baltimore and they might just step up, but I wouldn't be surprised if Burrow looked pretty good in this game. Well, with that, we're going to take it to the spread and the money line. Uh, Baltimore minus six and a half money line. Baltimore minus 280. Cincinnati plus 230. Uh, my pick, I've got Baltimore on both. I think Lamar's going to continue his tear, even though he didn't exactly play like the MVP last week. Uh, but the Ravens will definitely continue their tear. They're in M&T. They've been electric so far this year I think they're the hottest team in the NFL and that includes the undefeated Arizona Cardinals so yeah give me Baltimore on both Tyler what do you got yeah I'm right there with you um, I think that this is just a, a step up in competition compared to what the Bengals have seen previously and like I said you know I'm a homer so obviously the Vikings I the Vikings should have won that game um, Dalvin Cook fumbles in field goal range in overtime and Bengals excuse me, take the ball and go down and score, win the game. Um, they they could have beat the Packers. You know, they've been in these games against some contenders, but I feel like the Ravens are better than both the Packers, the Vikings, Steelers, Jags, Lions, pretty much anybody that the Bengals have uh, have faced this year. So um, I've got the, the Ravens winning by mm, – it's probably pretty close to a touchdown. I've probably got them as like a seven or an eight point. That's probably where I've got them. Um, and, and obviously I've got them on the money line too. So, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. I think the, the home crowd's definitely going to have an effect in this game. Mitchell, what do you got? 
Call me a hater just because of what happened last week, but I'm taking Cincy on both. I feel like this team has been underestimated at this point. I I think they'll cover regardless. I think the Chargers just came out flat last week, and they're going to come in on a high and think they are better than what they actually are. Now, granted, I'm going to be in attendance to this game, and I don't want to see Baltimore fans pissed off, but I won't be in a Chargers jersey, so no issue to me. I think they'll handle it. Little little hot take coming from Mitchell on Cincinnati on both. Washington football team, God bless them, at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay minus seven and a half. Feel like it should be more than that. But anyway, uh, I'm taking Green Bay in this one. I just don't think the Washington offense has enough, and the Washington defense has not showed me anything to the point where I'd say they can slow down Aaron Rodgers this week. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, um, this line actually did come down. It was, I think, at nine or nine and a half, so it's down to seven and a half. Clearly, the uh, the betting market is um, thinking that Washington is going to keep it a little closer. Um, I think if this gets down to seven, I would absolutely take Green Bay. The half a point is always a question mark. That half a point, just because, you know, seven and a half, uh, you, you lose by touchdown, Washington covers. Um, I'm going to go with Green Bay on the spread. I'm not 100% confident on that. Um, but I just think, like you said, Jaden, they've got too much on offense, and I don't think that Washington's got enough. And we've seen Washington is a very porous defense this year, um, so I don't think that Washington has enough on offense with Heineke leading or taking the reins. Um, I, don't, I don't think that they can go in there into Green Bay and, in my opinion, really compete with this team. Mitchell, what do you got? Uh, I mean, maybe Terry McLaurin shows out just because it's the Kevin King game that we've talked about in the past. I'm not going to take him as my start of the week or anything like that, but Green Bay should be able to demolish Washington regardless of the situation. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, next game up, this if this game is in your market, I'm sorry. Uh, Falcons-Dolphins in Miami. Atlanta is favored minus two and a half. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta on both, but uh, – I don't even want to talk about this game. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, this is a chance for Tua to, to show what he's worth, and I think that the Dolphins actually win this game. Um, I'll take him with the points and the money line. I think that the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think Tua is actually going to play solid, and I think that there's going to be the talks of, oh, maybe Tua is the quarterback of the Dolphins, and then we're going to have that whole conversation next week. So um, I think that Miami does win this game um, and keeps whatever slim postseason hopes they have alive. To a tag of Iloa, future Washington football teamer. Mitchell, what do you got? I think Miami manages to cover it. They're, this is going to be a fairly competitive game. It's not going to be a game you want to watch on TV, but unless you are a deep fantasy owner in some, like, 10- or 12-man league, there's no interest to watch this. I think Miami just gets within a field goal, but I think Atlanta pulls it off still. Good stuff, good stuff. Jets, Patriots in New England. Uh, they got the Patriots favored minus seven. I'm going to take New England on both. I just – they're a better coach team. Got more talent on the roster. Tyler, what do you got? Um, I think this is kind of a 
deflated game. Uh, yeah, I know, deflated in New England. I've heard those words before. Um, but I think that after they lost to the Cowboys in the fashion that they did, I think they put everything into that game. And I think New England wins this game, but I'm going to take the Jets uh, to cover the spread. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets plus seven in this game. Mitch, what do you got? I'm going to take New England on both. I don't trust the Jets enough. I feel like Belichick's going to come out with just enough because he demolishes rookie quarterbacks every season, year in and year out. Carolina at Giants. The Giants are completely wiped out. Saquon's status still up in the air. Mitch, you got anything on that? Saquon, he has not been looking good. They haven't had an official MRI on that ankle, and he has yet to practice since the injury. However, Stefan Gilmore, he is finally able to return from the PUP list. That team might just be looking at a good return for him. He's been limited in practice so far this week. I would look for him to be implemented in this defense. Whether or not he's actually got a grasp on it or not, I feel like that's not an issue in this game because the Giants are so injury-stricken. And at this point, it does not seem like Kadarius Tony is even going to play. I would take Carolina on money line and the spread at this point. I'm right there with you. I'm taking Carolina on both the money line and the spread. The Giants just don't have any weapons right now, and we saw what happens when the Daniel Jones of old comes out last week. We saw that last week against the Rams. Tyler, what do you got in this one? Yeah, Daniel Jones is 4-12 and against the spread at home um, as the Giants quarterback. Uh, I think that trend continues. I like Carolina. I like Gilmore getting inserted into this lineup. Um, I think that, you know, they've, they've got enough to get by this game. They were very, very close to beating the Vikings last week. I know that they've, um, you know, lost three straight here, but I like Carolina to, to win this game. I think they can win this game by, you know, anywhere from 7 to 10 points. On to our next game, Eagles at Raiders. They've got the Raiders minus three in the four o'clock window. I'm going to take the Raiders simply because they're at home and Jalen Hurts is starting to look like the quarterback we thought he was coming into the season. Mitchell, what do you got? Take Philly. This Vegas team, I I know we all expected them to have a setback without Gruden last week, and they proved us wrong and they played great, but Philly has been a formidable team this year. I, granted, they got a lot of garbage time points against the Bucks, but I think that Jalen Hurts can actually manage against this Vegas defense. They have a semi-formidable offensive line. I think they can actually manage against Max Crosby, and they can pull it off. Interesting. Yeah, I, if Philly was at home, I'd probably take them, but I just – I don't know. I, I don't trust it. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, I got Vegas. Um, I think they're just playing inspired football right now. I think they're trying to all play for each other. I think that they bought into, um, you know, the new coach and um, what they have to, to say before, during, after the game. Um, they, they played a very inspired game last week at Denver and Mile High, and now they returned home back to Vegas. And, yeah, I like, I like Vegas with the points this week. Um, I do think Philly plays hard as well, um, but I, I, I like Vegas right now. Good stuff. Next, we have, God bless, the Detroit Lions in L.A. playing the Rams with the biggest spread that I've seen since we've been doing this podcast. The Rams are favored by 16 points. I think I'm going to take Detroit on the spread. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to do it. But definitely give me the Rams on the money line. Tyler, what do you got? I'm right there. 
I'm going to take the Lions on the spread. I think that they can be down by 21 points late, get a touchdown, lose by 14. I could very well see that happening. Um, so I think that, you know, I think the Rams are going to win this game. There's no question about that. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of survivor pool picks picking the Rams, which rightfully so. But, um, yeah, I think Detroit kind of got their butts kicked last week against Cincy, and I think they might bounce back and play the Rams a little closer. I can see the Rams – sleepwalking a little bit during this game um, just because of the opponent. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Detroit to at least cover, but, yeah, Rams on the money line for sure. All right, Mitch, I take it you're taking the Lions in this one, right? I'm going to take the Rams in the money line, and I'm going to take them in the spread. I feel like Dan Campbell crying was the end of their season. And I noticed that you said this was the biggest spread they had we've had this year. Just wait until the next game. Well, Mitchell, that's a wonderful segue into our next game, which is the Houston Texans at the 6-0 Arizona Cardinals, and those Cardinals are favored by an even more whopping 17.5 points. Uh, give me the Cardinals on the money line, because, duh. And I'm going to take the Texans on the spread in this one. And again, don't feel good about it. Tyler, what do you got? You can never feel good about taking 17 and a half, but you know what? I'm going to do the same. I think that I think that Houston just finds a way to somehow keep this within the number. Um, I don't feel good about taking it either. Arizona money line, obviously. There's not much to really say about these two games, and even the game after this, there's not much to say about that one either. So, um, but yeah, I'll take I'll take Arizona on the money line and and give me the Texans with the 17 and a half. Mitch. You guys are falling for the old NCAA college football spread trick. They give you a massive spread against a team that is clearly much worse than them, and you guys are going to say, oh, there's no way they don't lose by more than two touchdowns like that. I'm taking Arizona on both because Davis freaking Mills is a quarterback. He is not good. There's no way they compete in this game. When, when you say words like Davis Mills, that, that's a fair point. I totally understand. Davis Mills the third, from. not just Davis Excuse Mills. me. I don't think he's earned the right to be called the third at this point. I don't, I don't know if he's earned that right. For Davis me. Mills, the third string quarterback. Oh. That, yeah, he's definitely earned the right to be called that. Our next game, another massive, well, not massive, but pretty big spread. Uh, Chicago Bears, who are, to my surprise, three and three, like, Everything you've heard from Chicago would lead you to believe that they haven't won a game this year, but they're three and three. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Bucks are favored by 12 and a half. I'm going to take the Bucks on both. They're playing outstanding football right now. Granted, they do have a tendency to coast, and we saw that last week and got a nice little bad beat against the Eagles. Tyler, what do you got? Um, Tampa on the money line, but I'm going with Chicago on the spread. Give me the 12 and a half. These big lines in NFL, it's just like NFL is so much different than college in the sense that like these are professional athletes. They are playing against each other. Chicago is three and three. Um, I just, I think that they're going to keep it within single digits in this game. Once again, Tampa gets out to these big leads and like you said, like the coast a little bit. And I think that Chicago can, can keep it within, you know, eight, nine, 10 points in this game. Mitch, what do you got? I'm going to take Tampa on the money line, but like Tyler said, I Tampa tends to coast, and Chicago was the team that actually managed to upset Tampa last year. And I think this defense is just good enough to keep it within reach for the Chicago offense, which is still pretty horrible. But 
I think they can keep it within two touchdowns and manage to cover the spread. Yeah, this that was a uh, the Tom Brady not knowing what down it was uh, last year in Chicago. That he held up the, the four fingers like, wait, this is fourth down. No, Tom, that was fourth down. And yeah, they lost the game because of that. Remember when we thought that the Bucks were like might miss the playoffs and like, oh, it was all Bill Belichick all along, and then they go on a historic tear and destroy everyone. Okay, a a game with the spread in single digits. Look at that. Indianapolis at San Francisco, two teams that have disappointed so far this year in accordance to what they were supposed to be. Sunday night football, they've got San Francisco minus four. I think I'm going to take Indianapolis on both. They're really putting it together right now. I know they just played Houston last week, which, God, I'd hope they beat them by 28 points. But San Francisco's got Trey Lance, rookie quarterback. Still don't know if I trust him yet. And I trust Carson Wentz a lot more, so give me Indy. Tyler, what do you got? Um, I will take San Fran on both. Um, I just think that San Fran's D is going to be able to shut down any type of attack between Jonathan Taylor, uh, Carson Wentz, Michael Pitt, man, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. I don't think that they've got what they think they have um, on the offensive side. Like you said, they played the Texans last week. They're riding it high. Um, and – San Francisco uh, is coming off a bye as well. So, you know, they've had some time to prep for this game after losing a close one to Arizona. They were in that game for the majority of the game, and the defense really stepped up. So I think at home, primetime game, I think just San Fran D, and I think Kyle Shanahan's got some tricks up his sleeve that he's going to implement into the offense. So I'm going to take San Fran, I think, by a touchdown, um, and I'm going to also obviously take them on the money line. Mitch, what do you got? Jaden, I know you said that – Lance is going to be the quarterback this week, but he's the one who hasn't practiced yet this week. Garoppolo has been limited to practice. He looks like he's more on track to start. Either way, I don't think they win this game. I think Andy is a team that their record does not reflect the talent on the team. And the fact that San Fran is favored by four is ridiculous. I think Indy is going to cover, and they are going to win this game outright in the money line. I'm right there with you. All right, Monday Night Football, we have the Saints versus Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. In Seattle, New Orleans, minus four and a half. I feel inclined to take New Orleans. Uh, But Seattle could very well win this game if we get a Jameis Winston that turns the ball over a lot and Seattle just runs the ball well. But I'm going to take New Orleans on both because I don't feel great about Geno Smith either. Yeah, I, um, Tyler. Yeah. I, I think um, I like New Orleans on the money line, but I like Seattle on the spread. Um, I think that this is going to be a field goal game. Um, I think that people are looking at this game and, and thinking, yeah, Geno Smith, you know, he's not great. It's Geno Smith. Um, but he did, you know, produce some great drives in that second half uh, against the Steelers. Obviously, he had the fumble in overtime that, that sealed the game, and that's the type of stuff that you're going to get with a backup quarterback. Um, but I think at home, um, prime time, uh, that 12th man is going to be rocking and Seattle's got to have this game to have any chance, uh, at winning the division or, or even making the playoffs. So I'm going to take Seattle on the spread, but I take, give me new Orleans to win the game. Miss, what do you got? I'm going to take new Orleans. Line. Like Tyler said, I think Seattle covers the spread. I mean, it's Geno Smith at quarterback, but they have two great receivers. It depends on who Lattimore is on which play of the game. 
that defense is not good enough to cover both, and Geno has shown enough to show he is at least a solid quarterback. Like he can he can manage to keep the ship afloat. Granted, this ship is two and four, but I think they can manage to stay within the field goal of this game. All right, well, that wraps up our picks for the week, which would take us to our starts and sits. And before we get started, I just want to talk about how bad of a bye week it is. This, is. this is one of the worst bye weeks that I can remember since I've been playing fantasy football as far as the amount of top-level players that are going to be missing this week. You've got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs from the Bills, Zeke, Dak, CD, Amari, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, James Robinson from the Jags, Eckler, Keenan, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert from the Chargers, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen from the Vikings, Najee, Deontay, Claypool from the Steelers. Like, there are so many teams that are – you could very well have a team full of bye weeks. In fact, our great podcast member, Kane Schwartz, is literally starting an entire bench this week because his entire starting lineup – is on buys mostly because he took seven Cowboys in his draft for some reason. But anyway, we're going to move into our starts and at quarterback, I'll start with mine. It's Matt Stafford. Uh, They beat up on the giants last week. I think they beat up on Detroit and Matt Stafford's going to have a nice little day passing the ball because for whatever reason, McVay just doesn't stop. He just continues to pound teams. So, Tyler, who's your start? Uh, mine's going to be famous Jameis. Give me them crab legs. Um, I'm taking Jameis Winston as my starter quarterback. Um, I'm hoping and praying that there isn't rain um, in the forecast. But um, if it is, I mean, it's Seattle, so it could definitely happen. Um, but I do think that this Seattle defense is not all that great. And I think that Jameis Winston coming off a bye, um, I think they've had time to prep for this game. And, and I think he's going to have a, a pretty good game um, in Seattle on Monday night stuff. Mitch, who's your start at quarterback? I'm actually going to take Matt Ryan because Miami sucks. Okay. Just you heard that. it here first. <laughs> Miami sucks. So start Matt Ryan. Uh, running back, my start is going to be James Conner. I think the Cardinals can get out in front early in this game against the Houston Texans. Hopefully through a few DeAndre Hopkins revenge touchdowns, they can you know maybe throw in there. But I think James Conner has a big day on the ground. Chase Edmonds' status is still up in the air, and he's not very much of a runner anyway. I think they could very well give James Conner 20-plus carries in this game. Mitch, who's your starter running back? All right, I'm going to take Herbert as my running back of the week. I get he's playing against the Bucs. I feel like he's going to get a decent amount of garbage time points. And Williams has yet to practice this week. Even during his COVID protocols, he should be back by the time the game starts, but it's a matter of how ready he actually is for the game. And it just seems like there's going to be garbage time points to be had in this game. And Khalil Herbert is a guy that can contribute in the passing game somewhat and has shown promise in the running game overall. Good stuff. I'm really hoping you're right because I'm starting both James Conner and Khalil Herbert. Thank you, running back injuries. Tyler, who is your running back start of the week? Uh, Mine's going to be Damian Harris. Um, I think that he did have a solid week last week against the Cowboys. I think that continues this week against the Jets. I think that if the Patriots are in control of this game, I think we can have, um, you know, some garbage time, manage the clock um, type of runs here from Damian Harris. So I I like Damian Harris uh, to have 
least one touchdown, couple catches, 70, 80 yards. Um, I think that that's the type of game that I'm looking at for, uh, for Damian Harris. I know he's questionable right now, um, but I think that he is on the right track to play. Um, so, yeah, give me Damian Harris. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, start for wide receiver. I'm going to keep the stack here. This is 100% a bias pick, and I have taken him, I think, three times for my start at wide receiver. It's Robert Woods. It, I mean, just it's got to be a Robert Woods week, right, guys? I mean, it's the Lions. They have no corners. Hopefully, it's a Robert Woods week, but it was so it was such slim pickings this week as far as starts for wide receivers go. Tyler, you got anything? Yeah, I'm um I actually really like this guy this week. I think he's starting to finally click with his quarterback, um, and that's Darnell Mooney. Um, I think that Mooney can have a couple deep passes, get some garbage time, maybe get a touchdown out of this. He's had a couple back-to-back pretty good weeks, so I think that that trend continues, and I think his chemistry with Justin Fields just continues to build during this game and after this game. So, yeah, give me Darnell Mooney. Um, I think he's going to be in the wide receiver two conversation, especially with how depleted the wide receivers are this week. Maybe, maybe wide receiver one, but uh, I'd I'd comfortably put him into a wide receiver two, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Darnell Mooney's going to have a huge week this week. Wide receiver one for Darnell Mooney. If I were to pick any Bears receiver, you know, one would say Allen Robinson should usually be in that conversation, but he he doesn't exist anymore. He doesn't play football anymore, unless I'm missing something. What what a world we live in. Mitchell, what is your start of the week at wide receiver? I'm going to take Jalen Waddle because him and Tua have just had a connection in the games they play together with. I think he's averaging about 20 points per game in the games where two is actually quarterback for a full game. And let's be honest, same situation as Matt Ryan started against the Dolphins. The Falcons suck too. There's going to be a lot of points to be had in this game. Pick a player against a team who sucks. Mitchell McDonald. Okay, well, I'm going to stay in Miami with my start for tight end, and I'm going to go with Mike Jacecki. He's been balling out recently. He has solidified himself as a tight end one. And they play Atlanta, where they're going to have to score a lot of points. He's played well with Tua so far. Uh, I really like Mike Jacecki this week. I think he could very well be just moving forward as far as tight ends go with uh, Kittle being out, Hawkinson being somewhat inconsistent, the same thing with Pitts. I think Jacecki could very well be a top four tight end moving forward. Tyler, who's your start at tight end? Yeah, you uh, you took two players in this game as, as your quarterback and wide receiver start. So I'm going to take the tight end in Tyler Higby. Uh, great first name. Um, but I think Tyler Higby has a, a pretty good game. Uh, once you said it, I mean, once again, like you said, Slim Pickens a tight end. Um, but I think that Higby could have, you know, anywhere from five, six catches, 60 yards, maybe a touchdown in there as well. And you're looking at a really good fantasy day if he, if he does, um, you know, get into the end zone. So, yeah, give me Tyler Higby as my uh, my start at tight end. Good stuff. Mitch, who's your start at tight end? I'm just going to stick with what I've been going with. This Miami and Atlanta game is going to be a shootout of horrible teams. I'm just going to say Kyle Pitts and hope he actually works out because both teams suck. There it is. Mitchell, you're so intellectual. I, I don't know how we afford you on this show. All right, moving on to our sits. Uh, I'm taking Justin Fields this week. This is an obvious, awful matchup against Tampa Bay. He's a rookie quarterback playing against one of the best defenses in the league with virtually a huge, big, fat idiot 
playing left tackle and Jason Peters, who is extremely past his prime and cannot move his feet. He cannot do a two-step drop back in five seconds. He is humongous and slow and he sucks. And Shaquille Barrett is going to eat Justin Fields all day. Uh, Mitch, who's your sit of the week at quarterback? I just want to say for that was quite intellectual of you, Jaden, big fat idiot. That's what we pay you the big bucks for there. I'm going to take, host, man, I'm nervous. I couldn't think of anything better than that. <laughs> I'm going to take Sam Darnold as my sit of the week. I, I get the Giants haven't been good this year, but they still have great corners and Chuba is still somewhat suspect as an actual starting running back. I'm not sold on Darnold. His fantasy points have largely come from rushing touchdowns and without McCaffrey there to at least distract them from Sam Darnold. I don't think he's going to show out the way he has. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tyler, your sit of the week at quarterback. Yeah, it's, you know, we keep discussing slim pickings. I mean, it really and truly is. It's such a tough position to to pick a a sit against. You know, you're not going to sit Davis Mills. Like, that's too obvious. You're not going to sit Jared Goff. That's probably too obvious. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know if people are starting him. I know he has had it back-to-back good games against the Ravens and the Texans. A little bit of a step up in competition here with, with, the, um, with the 49ers defense. Like I said, I'm going with Carson Wentz. I mean, it's, it's just a tough week to pick a quarterback uh, to sit this week. And I know we all have, you know, quarterbacks that aren't, you know, between Sam Darnold, um, Carson Wentz, and, um, and who'd you say, Jaden? Uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, and Justin Fields. I mean, those are not three quarterbacks that in a typical week you're going to start or, or have a debate about, but with this week, you might be debating these guys. Um, so that's why, you know, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Not, like I said, am, am I confident that he's not going to have a good game? Yeah. I don't think he's going to have a good game, but like, I don't think that many people are going to be starting him anyway, but if you're forced into that, you know, 12, 14, 16 man league, I mean, you, you might have to bite the bullet, uh, but I would stay as far away from him. If you got options like Tua, if you've got options like Jameis, um, you know, I, w- I would take those options more so than, uh, than than I would with Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys that usually do start, we this is the first one that, like, I can say, you know, this is a guy that you would start in most weeks, and it's Antonio Gibson. I've got a bunch of reasons why I don't like him this week. They play the Packers, so they're not going to be running the ball a whole lot because they're going to be down, which means J.D. McKissick comes in and takes all of his snaps and takes all of the receptions that Antonio Gibson should be getting, and he's still suffering with that injury. So I feel like if they're losing, they're not going to try and push him in just for him to play hurt, and who knows if he even plays. So I don't like Antonio Gibson this week. Try and find better options if you have him. Uh, look into Jarrett Patterson because they seem to really like him in Washington. Uh, Tyler, who's your sit at running back? Yeah. Um, so my sit at running back is going to be Josh Jacobs. Um, I just, I think Kenyon Drake is just slowly, but surely stealing carries, stealing touchdowns. And um, I know that Josh Jacobs has been, had a nagging injury all year. He seems to come up here and there. I think he's starting to get over that hump, but um, yeah, I, I just, I don't like him in this game. Um, I don't really like him much weeks. I have, I, funny enough, I am forced to start him in one of my leagues this week, but I'm not happy and I'm not sold on him having a good week whatsoever this week. Yeah. It's, it's been a roller coaster of mostly disappointment for Josh Jacobs owners this season. Uh, Mitch, who's your sit at running back? 
I'm going to take Chase Edmonds at my sit this week. Uh, it, it should be a blowout in that game, and he is mostly a pass back, passing down back, and I feel like James Conner could eat up at the goal line in this game. And going back to Jaden's comment about Gibson, he's got minor stress fractures in his shin, and I, it just does not seem like a game where they should be forcing him back in I would expect more snaps from Patterson than usual. But if it's a tight game, Gibson could come in. It's just, I would not, well, there's been a player in our league who's been trying to get Keenan Allen off me for Antonio Gibson, and I would like for him to realize that's an idiotic trade. I'll send him the clip if you'd like me to. (laughs) I would love you to. Fantastic. Uh, my, my sit of the week is going to be T. Higgins. Uh, I don't like the matchup against Baltimore. They shut down Mike Williams and Keenan Allen last week. So I think somebody is going to be the odd man out here. And I think it's going to be T. Higgins. I just don't like the matchup. And I'm going to say it again. It's slim pickings this week for fantasy players. So he's my sit. Mitch, who's your sit at wide receiver? I'm thinking I'm going to do a last-minute change. And I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to go Jamar Chase. I feel like they are going to intentionally guard him more than he should be because he's been the highlight of that offense. And I feel like they're going to switch between the speedy defensive backs. And if he runs any short routes, Marlon's going to be there. I think it's just going to be (laughs) perfect. And he's going to get shut down because that is a that's a pretty good secondary there in Baltimore. Uh, Tyler, who's your uh, who's your sit of the week at wide receiver? Yeah, this was a guy that I think some people were drafting as their wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver three earlier on in the year. Um, and my sit of the week is Brandon Ayuk. I haven't seen anything from him that tells me that he is going to, you know, come alive in this game. Um, I just don't see. I think Debo Samuel is a clear number one. I think both quarterbacks like uh, like like Debo more than than Brandon Ayuk. Um, so yeah, I I would say far away from Brandon Ayuk this week. Yeah, I feel awful for those people that took Ayuk, especially as a wide receiver too. And he gives you what a total of twenty points all season through six weeks. Like it, it's been bad. And I see every week they're like, "We really want to get Ayuk involved. He's so talented." Blah blah blah. And it just, I like he is talented, but I don't see them wanting to get him involved. They seem to like Debo, even with George Kittle out. They just they don't they don't like him for some reason. Uh, moving on to tight end. 20 points this year? <laughs> yeah, I'd it, be shocked it, if he had 20. <laughs> it definitely feels like that, especially considering they had a bye week. Like, they've only played five games. So there's no way he got to 20. But um, my set of the week at tight end, it's going to be Zach Ertz. I know there's a little bit of hype formulating around him in uh, him joining Arizona and, you know, being another weapon that, takes away from DeAndre Hopkins targets uh but I just I don't see it quite yet I think like I just said there's a lot of stuff going on in Arizona there's a lot of people that the ball needs to go to and I think Zach Ertz is still low man on the totem pole considering he just got there Tyler who you got 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much just to echo what you said, uh, I'm taking Zach Ertz as my sit. Um, I think a couple things. A, game script. I think that Arizona is going to be up comfortably in this game and they're not going to be throwing the ball. So if Ertz isn't getting the targets, you know, in the first and second quarter, I don't see him, you know, getting getting a touchdown or getting many targets in this game. And like you said, Hopkins, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, even Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. There's so many targets. Christian Kirk, so many targets to go around in Arizona. And uh, I don't see – Zach Ertz, at least right now, I don't see him producing at a high volume. Mitch, who's your sit at tight end? I'm going to be going with Hunter Henry this week as my sit of the week. The Jets defense isn't all that bad, and I think that if anybody's going to shine, it might be Johnny Smith's week in New England. They have a few solid receivers there, and they have – two tight ends and Hunter Henry's been showing out. So I feel like he's going to be a key part of that defensive game plan is just stopping Hunter Henry. As a George Kittle owner who is starting John Smith, I really hope you're right. Um, that's going to wrap it up for our starts and sits. Uh, we're still running that Jersey giveaway over on Instagram. So go check us out at blitz pod. We're also on TikTok at blitz pod. We've been a little bit more active on both of those than we have been in recent times. Uh, so go follow us on both of those and thank you guys for listening.